This podcast is brought to you by Glitterati Communications. Learn more about Glitterati at BeGlitterati.com. What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have Story. So, uh, Story, uh, I'm, a, I'm a new fan and uh, just started digging into your catalog a bit and just learning a, a bit more about what you do outside of your art. But uh, what is it that you actually do? Hmm. I do a lot of things. Um, I would say the main thing that I do is I'm a singer songwriter. So if you look me up, that's probably the first thing that's going to come up. Um, it's music was my first love. And so I've been singing since I was singing my ABCs. Um, later on, I got into visual art and then I did got into a bit of film and did clay animation and stuff like that. So I, I, I say I'm an all around creative Okay. Yeah. I saw you mentioned something online about like, uh, art making art. So like what kind of visual art besides the clay animation? Like, um, I also do oil paintings. Um, yeah. And, uh, I got into just like making my own music videos and editing them and directing them initially because, um, you know, I needed to, at the time I didn't have the money to pay other directors and stuff. And, um now i've worked with other people um but yeah initially that's kind of how i got into the film world as well you know what that's so funny because uh uh i guess we just do that as creative people we it's almost like we we know we can kind of figure it out and and we just kind of go with it i guess <laughs> exactly like when i wanted to do the clay animation i'd never done a stop motion before i just had this idea and i thought while I want to execute this. And I just Googled it really. So actually, if you watch the music video, um, which is on my YouTube channel, um, you'll see that like, so I shot it from top down. Yeah. And uh, like mostly in chronological order. And you'll see that I'm kind of like getting better at doing clay animation as the short goes on. It took me four months. That's so funny. like for it, it's like I don't know maybe two to four hours to do one uh one second of film because you have to do like 24 pictures per second so yeah so you'll see like that I've been that I improved during the process of making that clay animation <laughs> that's that's funny uh I I think about that sometimes too and I uh I just did a client, a freelance project recently and I had to do a little bit of illustration and the first character I illustrated versus the last one, I could tell, I was like, Oh yeah, I figured something out by the time I got to this. <laughs> now I got to go back and fix the old one. So I was like, yeah. Um, so are you currently based in London right now? I am. Yeah. So I've been kind of splitting my time between um, England and Canada. Yeah. So uh, were you, born and raised in in Canada yep I was Toronto okay okay. to be exact 
Nice, nice, nice. So what uh, prompted the London move? Um, you know, during the pandemic, there wasn't uh, much to do. And I figured that I would, you know, kind of discover or be discovered in a, in a new uh, territory while things were kind of, everyone was kind of laying low. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually moved here like mid pandemic, but I also just really like the art scene out here. It's quite different. Um, it's, yeah, like the, the, the music and even the film industry out here is quite different. So it's exciting to be just like soaking in a new way of doing things and, uh, meeting new artists and producers and stuff like that. And so actually one of the songs off of the deluxe album, um, that's coming out on January 24th, uh, intimate abuse it was written and produced with two uh, very talented uh, writers and producers out here in London nice nice so actually are you a songwriter too yeah I write okay. um all of my songs um, and I co-produce generally most of my songs as well nice uh, so I really actually love uh, Bow Down did you produce on that one Thank you. Yeah, I, I wrote it, uh, co-wrote it and co-produced it with my best friend, Tom. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. And um, so were you like a musical kid growing up? Yes. I mean, like, like I literally have a photo of myself singing into a microphone, the ABCs. Like I was just <laughs> always singing. Um, I taught myself how to sing through listening to the divas of the 90s, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, Mariah, Mariah Carey, you know. And um, I played a bit of piano, I played a bit of guitar. Um, and then, yeah, it was later on that I discovered these other art forms. Mm -hmm. So like, I hear you sometimes say like, you kind of, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but you add a little bit of opera sauce to uh to some of these features that you're on uh is that yeah like because you just sort of I mean I you've got a powerful voice and you look up to these big divas that uh that also can belt is is that kind of what you mean when you say that well opera is quite different from belting so it's utilizing oh, your okay. voice in in a different way so i didn't learn to sing opera um on my own i learned how to like sing pop music basically on my own but uh -huh. um when i went to school i decided to study um music and so i studied operatic like classical voice wow. and it was interesting because I mean, I didn't initially want to go into classical voice. I wanted to do jazz, but I liked the idea of utilizing my voice and learning how to utilize it in a different way. And I kind of felt like I already knew or could teach myself how to do it in terms of jazz. Like I was closer to that than I was to classical voice. And so I thought, okay, this is a challenge. And so I did that and not for a very long time because that's when my life like got crazy. and um you know took a 180 but when i was i went to the university of toronto for a year 
and I was on a partial scholarship actually, and I was doing classical voice and um, I was quite good at it. And probably okay. had I stayed, I, I might have been, you know, like an opera star or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> slight flex, slight flex. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and you, uh, you tend to, well, I mean, from what I've seen anyway, you've, you've got these like hip hop features. Uh, is that sort of an art form you've gravitated towards early as well? Yeah. I mean, I love r and I love hip hop. Um, I love every genre of music. I feel like every genre of music is saying something slightly different. And so as a person who sees myself as this multidimensional person, and I think everybody is, I feel like I can't just gravitate to one type of music. So I yeah. tend to, you know, listen to different things when I'm feeling different ways. And definitely um, R&B hip hop is a love of mine. So mm -hmm. yeah. I can kind of tell like the energy you have in your songs. Uh you're 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 to the point like and and this in, in hip-hop is a lot like that like you, you know you say what you mean and and uh it's um it's very vulnerable in that that way too i find uh so i guess like if we could talk about bow down a bit like what what is that one about i mean it's essentially about you know, empowering the underrepresented people, um, yeah. and especially women, you know, um, there is still a lot of misogyny in the world. Um, and it's interesting because of the fact that we all come from a woman, you know, we come from a uterus and that we have, and generally, I mean, not every mother, but generally our mothers are the closest person to us um who nurtures us and cares for us and we often see strength in very masculine ways so we often see it as like aggression or like you know being strong like physically strong but strength is also gentle and mm -hmm. and nurturing and powerful but maybe in the silence and so I kind of, when I made the music video with the director, Krima Issa, you know, we decided that we really wanted it to be powerful, but in a more like gentle way, kind of like nature, you know, yeah. obviously nature can, you can have the hurricanes and you can have the tornadoes and it can be super powerful in that sense as well. That's also destructive, but generally it nurtures us and it cares for us and it is so strong without us really noticing that it's there and ever like shifting our mood and how we operate in a day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if it rains or if it's sunny or if it's windy, like we change the way of our, our being yeah. based on that. And that is super powerful, but it's so gentle and, and you barely notice it. Sure. So that's kind of what I wanted to portray with this song and also mm. kind of unite people who are underrepresented and say, you know, respect us because essentially um, we've been disrespected for a very long time. And yeah. it's time for us to kind of like come together and realize that 
we are the greatest mass. If we all come together, if all the underrepresented communities come together, we are the greatest mass. We can change things. Yeah. When you say that, it, it makes me think, you know, I'm on I'm online a lot, probably more than I should be. And it sometimes feels like underrepresented groups are competing with each other for like who deserves to to get the I don't know what it is. <laughs> and I, I agree with you. I think we're 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 more powerful when we just like work together to to fight what the real enemy is. Mm-hmm. Um so when and then when I think about the video, uh was it a deliberate choice to put two other women in the video instead of say just you? Yes, for sure, because you know in the song, I say, if the king is the ruler, then I'm the king of kings, bow down to the maker of all things. When I say I, I don't necessarily mean me. I just mean um, women in general. Okay. Um, and so I really wanted to make sure that there was representation. And um, I didn't have a huge budget. Otherwise, I probably would have had like 10 women, you know. Sure, but, sure. Um, we did our best and it was lovely. We worked with two amazing women and they were just so um they were perfect for for the video and they were so graceful and we had some pretty long days <laughs> um but they never complained it was lovely it was really nice 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 yeah uh that that makes sense it it's it uh and, and i i that's kind of what my interpretation was too so i i would say you were you were successful there great um so uh london you you worked with the uh, legend over there stormzy tell me tell me about that yeah it was really cool i mean i recorded um the operatic vocals for that track probably a year and a half ago um oh. so i didn't know if anything was going to come of it and it all just kind of culminated um at the end of 2022 you know um Mm. and it all kind of happened really fast it was like hurry up and wait initially and then it all just kind of came together in the last you know couple weeks before the album got released so um it was really fun and it was really fun to make the music video and to be there at the album launch and um yeah super cool nice nice did you Actually, and this is a, a kind of a random question. How has Brexit affected your move over there? Well, actually, that's what brought me here. Um, oh. I have a European passport because my dad's Greek, and I wanted to move here before Brexit uh, didn't allow me to move here anymore. So um, that's kind of why I, I moved also in the middle of the pandemic. It... Um, I wanted to still be able to like perform and work here. So um, I think it was a good choice. I really am, uh-huh. have been enjoying it out here. Right. I, and I, I love the, um, just the visual art scene in London. And I've, I've uh, been more connected to the, my, my brother's like super into the music over there. So he's kind of putting me on to, to people a little bit here and there, but okay. uh yeah, it, it, I, I get it. I get it. I'm actually Bermudian and we had a, the ability to get European Union passports 
for a bit. So a lot of people from Bermuda end up end up up there. <laughs> but, oh, cool! Uh, yeah, not yeah, it's so culturally diverse here, especially in London. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, so do you get to like check out any um like gallery shows and things like that, or are you not sort of into that? I am, but um, I haven't gone gotten to go out too much. I mean, the first uh, stint that I came here for, um, I was basically in a lockdown for like four months. Um, mm. And things were just starting to open up. Um, this last few months that I've been here, I've been able to do a bit more, but I've just been so busy yeah. with completing my next album and releasing this deluxe album. And, you know, um, the feature with Stormzy and like just everything is kind of just taken over my life. Yeah. So I haven't had a, a big chance to do that. Um, but over the holidays, it's been nice. I've had some like nice dinners with friends and stuff. But yeah, I haven't been out to to many galleries or anything like that. Right, right. So let's uh, actually let's talk about the uh, the deluxe. So this came out uh, CH three the the come up. This came out in twenty twenty originally. And... Yeah. So chapter three came out three weeks before the pandemic hit, and. Um, it's really sad because like, you know, everything was like going so well and then the world just shut down. Like I was about to fly to my first Juno nomination um, the day that the world shut down oh, that's and I was devastated. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, if you've read a bit about my story, like essentially like I was sex trafficked and my life had like completely fallen apart and I picked myself up, tried to heal from that trauma and figure out a way to fund my next, my first album that would have ever touched, you know, people, which is chapter three. And so to have to have gone through all of that and then have the world shut down, I had, I almost laughed because I said, well, you know, universe, this is the only way that you could have given me another, <laughs> a, a harder way to end this progress that I'm making. Um, mm. So it was very tough, but, um, you know, I didn't stop. I kept working. Um, and I think, you know, that resilience and that consistency is what has gotten me here. Like I've made it through that um, two, three year period and I feel like a stronger, more developed artist. Um, mm -hmm. I did uh, a little side project in, in isolation called Interlude 19 that I put out with some friends. We all did it with virtual collaborations. It was just in people's home studios. So nothing like hi-fi or anything, but it was super fun. And then um, I decided that chapter three was just too good of a project, especially after being nominated for a Juno the second time in, in 2021, um, I was like, okay, this, this really needs to be heard by more people. And so while I'm working on this next album, let's make a deluxe version of this record and re-release it and have more people hear it and, and get to finally tour it because we were supposed to tour that project as well. And we didn't really get to do that. So I'm really excited to be going on tour with Tanika Charles. Um, in Western Canada, and it's on. We start on the day that I'm releasing the deluxe album, so 
you know, it'll be super fun to be celebrating this moment that kind of took two years to happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Like this is a nice way to to finally give it the uh the show that it deserves and yeah. and, and the audience. So that's cool. So you must though, you must have like a bunch of songs in the tuck, like new things that you're just excited to release. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I have a 10 song album that I'm finishing right now. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. It's like, oh man, I gotta like give the other stuff a proper release, but I have so much new stuff that I want to show and share. And <laughs> well, if people come to the shows, they'll definitely definitely get a sneak peek on some of the tracks uh that nice. are gonna be on the next project. But um that's probably the only way that they'll they'll get to hear a little snippet of it. So Gotcha, Come out, gotcha. people. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, and you, you talked about the sex trafficking. Are you okay with talking about that a little bit? Or is that yeah, something you're right Yeah, we can talk about it for sure. So the um, I heard that you've been working with uh, the uh, Canadian Center to End uh, Human Trafficking. And um, how, how soon before, like, that album came out? Was this, like, soon, like, right before and and how much how cathartic i guess has it been to sort of give back to these organizations that might have like helped address what you went through yeah i mean i left that situation quite a few years ago um mm. i i would say maybe three years after uh mm. that happened is when i released chapter three um but i wasn't completely healed and i don't think that after such a traumatic experience that you ever fully heal it's kind of something sure. that's a lifelong process but i i would say that right now i feel very stable and i'm able to talk about it without crying or getting super emotional most of the time um, and be a little bit more matter of fact about it yeah. Um, because I'm in a space in my life where I feel safe and I feel loved and I feel supported and I, you know, I know what my triggers are and I avoid those triggers. Yeah. Um, but and I also have been working with a therapist on them as well. But when I yeah, first therapy. pardon, oh, just going to say yay therapy. <laughs> yeah, therapy. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I I. I had to write about that experience for me it's like my purpose in life almost um and i feel like it's going to be a lifelong purpose because i know that things don't just change overnight just because i start talking about it doesn't mean that it's going to get better i mean sex trafficking is has been going on forever like it's been going on for so long that i'm actually in shock at how um little coverage it gets in the world um, and I also realized getting out of it that my story wasn't one that I had seen in the media as sex trafficking. So like, I didn't even really put two and two together that that, that that's what was happening to me. Like I would say, oh, right. I had a pimp, but I wouldn't say that I was sex trafficked until I basically started working with the Canadian Center to End Human Trafficking. So I wouldn't have even reached out to a... A resource like that because I didn't know one that they existed and two that it was for me 
Um, but after working with them, I realized that, you know, what I had thought in working in that space for so long was actually true was that 86% of people who are trafficked are actually in Canada are actually Canadian citizens and only 14% are foreign nationals. And that's a staggering thing because I think most people, when they think sex trafficking or trafficking, they think of somebody brought in from another country, their passport taken away, them under gunpoint, they're on drugs, you know, like it's this yeah. whole thing. Whereas most of the women that I remember working with, their quote unquote boyfriends were the people who are pimping them out. And they were from Canada, they were Canadian. Um, and, and a lot of them were very educated. I remember, you know, there was one who was a, a homeopathic doctor and, you know, like there's women from all over. Um, so there's these kind of stereotypes that I really just wanted to break and I wanted to address. And so I feel like it's my purpose to tell my story, to get it out there on a bigger scale so that people can understand, they can see the signs, um, they can learn about how they can see signs in others or recognize the signs if it's happening to them and hopefully be able to find the resources to get out of it sooner if they do find themselves in a situation like that. Um, so yeah, so that's basically all kind of where all of my music and my artistry stems from. It's like really inspired by that experience. Yeah, I I'm so, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry that you, you went through that. And um, that's, that's sucks. Uh, but yeah, um, art to me that that's, that's what it is. And a lot of times when people say like, I do art to me, that's that's okay but what are you trying to say and and you having that mm -hmm. something to say uh makes it that much more powerful um thank you so with the what you said was interesting to me um <clears throat> is it like like a subtle manipulation just like over time over time over time that the way these guys work that sort of pulls people in yeah yeah essentially it it's not um they call it a grooming process and mm. it is very subtle and it takes a, a while like i would say from the moment that i met my trafficker to the moment that i was actually went in to work for the first night was like eight months right okay so it's a pretty long time to like yeah. spend time with somebody build trust with that person and you know um they know exactly what your needs are. They assess those things and they try to give you those things. And then later on, they start pulling that away, um, making it you believe that it's you. You're the reason that they're pulling those things away and that you can fix it somehow. Um, mm. So there's a lot of different um, there's a lot of different ways that this can happen and different ways that it looks. And so I encourage people to you know do the research go on right. these websites, the Canadian Center to End Human Trafficking and stuff like that, and, and read the signs. Um, obviously, like I said, they all kind of look different. And yeah. um, they're uh, a lot more subtle because people don't want to admit that they are 
in that industry. It's a very difficult thing to want to put your face to because it is so taboo. It is so looked down upon. Um, I'm watching this show and it has, you know, these people who are doing all these illegal things like robbing these stores, um, you know, murdering people. And yet they still make fun of the stripper at the strip club and, and say, oh, we don't want that person. I don't want my husband working at this place. Meanwhile, they've just murdered somebody and put them in in a grave, like, you know, chopped yeah. them up and put, dug them under, you know, the ground. And I'm just like, wow. And we're still, <laughs> we're still the worst person in yeah. this film, in this show, you know? Um, and it's constantly like that. It's very interesting. Once you are aware of that, you'll you'll watch things differently and you'll go, yeah. oh, that's a stripper joke. Oh, that's a prostitute joke. Oh, these people are doing so many quote unquote worse things and yet they are still judging these people. And it's mm-hmm. just how society views sex work. Yeah, sex work and, and women, uh, sadly, in general. Like I find, uh, you know, among guys, the the default insult often is something attributed to a woman, either a woman's body part or some feminine trait that they perceive or a trait they perceive to be feminine as as um that. So you add set the layer of sex work to that, it's like, oh, yeah. Um Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. Uh so I mean, with with that said, <laughs> all this heavy heavy stuff. Um, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Oh man, that is a hard one <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> I work all the time. Um, I am a completely independent artist, so um, and I just 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 got some a, a management team to help out with some some of the logistics, but I still do a ton. Um, so it's it's very hard for me to take a lot of time off. What I love to do, though, is I do love yoga. I love uh, traveling. I love eating new food. Like I, I love it so much. I love cooking, but I also like going and and going to like really special restaurants. Like if I'm gonna eat out and I'm gonna spend a ton of money to eat out, like it's gonna, it's gotta be really good. Like it's, I wanna, if I could, I would like just eat at Michelin star restaurants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And you're in a good city to do that, so. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am. <laughs> uh, I love food too, uh, I, I, yeah. You know what, though? Actually, one thing I want to, to, to circle back to is, I mean, you're in this very uh, male-dominated industry. Do you feel like your radar for manipulation or this this sort of thing where, you know, uh, you know, attractive singers can get taken advantage of? Do you, can you kind of like pick up on that right away, like when, when these guys are trying to? something 100%, 100% but only now <laughs> I wouldn't say that when I first left that my my trafficker because when I first left my trafficker I still had a lot of healing to do and what ends up happening um with people who don't heal their trauma and try to get into new relationships is that um they end up in similar relationships there is like a cycle um 
that happens. And it's because it's familiar, you know, we, we all love what's familiar, um, which is why a lot of people who do come from um, backgrounds and this is not everyone, but obviously, you know, people who do come from backgrounds that there is broken home or there is um, domestic violence, uh, substance abuse or whatever in the house when they're young and they understand and and they grew up with that feeling of, um, you know, always walking on eggshells and like never kind of knowing what's to come. That feeling is something that they associate with the two people that they loved most in their life, their parents, right? That idea of safety, that's the feeling that they understand. And so it tends to be people like that that fall into these codependent relationships later on. Yeah. Um, I can I can say that I was one of those people. And sure. um, you know, and that cycle just continues unless you seek out external help. You can't do it completely on your own. Like I got myself so far by going to uh, yoga teacher training, going to India, doing um, a 12 step group for some time. But it was only when I started seeing a therapist and a good therapist, you know, like I had to go through a couple before I found the right one for me Mm -hmm. um, that I really started to see more of a massive shift in even the people that I was attracted to. And uh, it took a lot of work. So I think um, I think my radar right now in the past couple of years, now that I feel like I'm more healed and safe uh, in, in a safe space, I feel like my radar is like really fucking good. Like it's, <laughs> it's on point. <laughs> and um, sometimes I, you know, I see some of my friends or whatever that are like dating these guys and I'm just like, I don't want to say I don't like them. Like I get a bad vibe, but um, a lot of the times I'm right because, like, mm. I have that a really strong sense now. Um, but of course, like, nothing's foolproof, so I'm sure I'm wrong sometimes. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so, what can people expect on this uh, deluxe album? So they're gonna get some really fun uh danceable tracks which i didn't have in my first album so i'm really excited Mm. to give that to people there's some like remixes of the songs that they know and love and of course we have intimate abuse um which i feel really kind of gives a glimmer of hope um at the end of that album which i realized i didn't give my um audience (laughs) so um, i'm happy to kind of give them that 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 resolve Uh uh-huh okay nice nice uh and um you're independent how are you doing all of this (laughs) like to get the tour going and i mean the connections you've made you must like i guess you said you don't you hustle so maybe that's just it <laughs> i work like from the moment that i wake up to the moment i go to sleep and i don't have weekends um uh-huh. that's pretty much it i know that like that sounds crazy and sometimes it is a little bit like in too intense and i need to yeah. take a breather uh sometimes my brain spins like it feels like a tornado is in there um mm-hmm. but 
I love what I do. And because I have such a strong why, like I have such a strong purpose behind what I do, it really helps me get out of bed even when I'm feeling like I don't want to do it or that I'm feeling depressed or I'm not feeling great that day. It's kind of my motivation is knowing that if I continue and, you know, I can save one person's life, then it's worth it, you know? And so yeah. that's the thing that really gets me out of bed every morning. Cool. So something I like to ask everyone uh, is, is there any like piece of advice you would give an artist, particularly, I guess, a singer uh, who's trying to make it and, and uh, have a career? Yes. There's a lot, but I'm going to try to synthesize it. Um, yeah. Basically, I would say be authentic to your artistry and also be authentic in why you want what you want. And remember that success looks different than they publicize on TV. Um, you can have a niche fan base of 100,000 people. That will take some time to build, but it's not impossible. And having 100,000 people will not make you a superstar. Most people won't know who you are, but that is enough to have a very good um, career as an artist, as a musician. So, you know, remove yourself from the shiny things because those shiny things are not always as good as you think they are. And just be authentic in the art that you're making and keep going and keep making it. If you love it, make it. And remember that it's the process. If you're not enjoying the process, because there was many times when I wasn't enjoying the process, it's not worth it because your life is process. There's never a final goal. There's never an end. Your end is death. So just enjoy the process of making the art as soon as you're not enjoying it take a step away and do something else you know um i think that's probably the greatest advice that i can give that might be some of the best advice i've i've heard actually that that, <laughs> that was great because like honestly we and i'm guilty of it every now and then i get caught up in this when i get to this point i'll have made it blah 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 but it's there's never making it there's it's always the process it's like you know you get to one thing and you go on to the next thing it's like make sure you're enjoying living your life the whole exactly time you're doing this. exactly and i've met i've met some of my idols i've met some people who are very very high up and they're not happier than me they're not happier right. than you do you know what i mean like there is never an end goal and when they do reach the top like what is the top Beyonce maybe or Ariana Grande or Justin Bieber that's probably the top when you reach the top you're fighting and probably afraid to fall you know yeah. a lot of a lot of artists I've seen are so afraid that they're going to lose that top space um and I think it's problematic that we have this uh concept I think mostly in the western world where we want to be number one. And I'm not really sure what number one means because when you're number one, it's kind of an arbitrary thing. Um, you need to be the best you that you can be and you can't really compare yourself to people. Like how do you compare Kendrick Lamar to Beyonce? Yeah. How do you do that? 
how does Beyonce become number one and Kendrick Lamar is number 10? Or I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's where they are, but I'm just right, right. trying to make an example of like, you can't really compare them and that everything is always in flux. And um, it's just some weird, it's kind of like stocks, you know, it's just like some things go up and some things go down and then they kind of some things stabilize and, you know, that's just life. So don't get stuck on trying to be number one, just try to be the best you that you can be. And as long as you can do that, then that's it. Like you, you, you should have a, a whole heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. So how can people find you online? How can people get the album, support the tour, all that good stuff? Yeah. Okay. So they can go on my website. That's probably the best way to find all of the things. So story with two R's, S-T-O-R-R-Y music.com. Um, there is the tickets for the tour on there. There is the music, some videos on there. There is links to my social media, which is all story music, S-T-O-R-R-Y music. And uh, they can sign up to my email list and get exclusive music. So um, there's an acoustic version of all the demos, piano voice demos from my first album that you can only get if you sign up to my mailing list. Nice. Um, and yeah, so like everything's on the website, really. Nice. Okay, Story, thank you for uh, taking some time to chat with me and, uh, you know, introducing some folks over here. To Thanks you. for having me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it was great to to get to know a little bit more about what you do, and uh, um, it's great to also know that you have like a greater greater push um, behind you. Uh, so, yeah, congrats and good luck. Thank you. All right, so we're done. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Art Page. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about ArtPaysMe at ArtPaysMe.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at ArtPaysMe on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.